honored and glad to have you with us both uh, live and online. And uh, it's really an honor to teach. There are some really great men in this room. And uh, it's just an honor to get together and I hope it's encouraging, right? As the world is losing its mind, it's good to come together and find God's mind, amen? And so you got some brothers for the battle. Before we jump in, the way this works, if you are new, um, I tend to have a long sermon on Sunday, do a little leadership talk, pivoting off a section of that Bible text for the men. But I wanted to encourage you this week. First of all, I turned up 50 on uh, Sunday. And so it was a good day for me, yeah. So, so. I used to think that's one of the old guys. Now I've learned that's one of the young guys. So that's what I found. So uh, pray for me. I hear this is where the check engine light comes on. You start leaking oil. So we'll see what happens from here. Uh, but one of the favorite things that happened on my birthday, I uh, got to go back to the kids ministry and hand out uh, hundreds of Bibles to little kids, little kids Bibles. So how many of you, your, your son or daughter came home and they had a Bible and you got to read, you know what? That's the best thing in the world. If dad will open the Bible with a kid, I'm just telling you the Holy Spirit always shows up for that meeting, he's happy to help. And last week, I wanna encourage you guys as well. For those of you that are online, you missed it. We had a, a man who is part of our ministry, has been for a few years. He's planted hundreds of churches in South Africa and uh, is feeding a lot of children that have lost their parents to the AIDS pandemic there. And uh, that country's been locked and closed down. He's not been able to go. There is a severe food shortage and some children are really struggling. And so he was sharing his testimony for prayer as he was taking his first trip of the year now that the world is starting to open a little bit. And I was sitting right here and God the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you need to give that man $25,000 from the Trinity Church. And so if you were here, I stood up and interrupted him, which was rude, but I gave him 25,000. So we're good now, we're all fine. <laughs> we worked it out. And, uh, and so then um, I asked you men to match it. And you did, $25,000. And, Wait, 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 it's better. And then another guy matched it again. Uh, so a dollar a day uh, to feed kids. Uh, you guys last week, unannounced, unexpected, unprepared uh, fed or gave the money to feed uh, 75,000 days of feeding for children. That was just you men last week. So I just wanna say thank you. That's the father's heart. And one of the crazy stories, there was a guy in the back walked up to me and he said, I run a business, it's been going well. This morning I was in the scriptures and God spoke to me. This was him last week. He said, and God said today, I need you to give, I'm asking you to give $25,000 to feed children today. And he was like, well, Lord, where, where do you want me to give? He's like, I'll show you later today. He's like, so I've been waiting to figure out where I'm supposed to give this $25,000. And so God spoke to him, God spoke to me, God spoke to you. And the result was $75,000 to feed children last week, amen? So we just wanna thank God for that and encourage you men. Um, that being said, uh, where we're at, we're in uh, the book of Romans and we're in chapter two. And where we hit it last week, we talked about how oftentimes the default, and this is particularly true of men, is to do rules and not relationships. So that's gonna be our talk and time together tonight. So within this, let me start by saying that we tend to have two kinds of interactions as men. We have professional interactions and we have personal interactions. Most men are far more comfortable and proficient with the professional than the personal. 
Okay, this is why men will do well in sports, right? This is why men will do well in the military. This is why men will do well in business. And then those same men come home and they wonder why they struggle with their wife and their kids and or their grandkids, because it doesn't work the same. Everything that worked in the professional does not work in the personal. How many of you have tried to turn your marriage into a job with a performance review and your wife doesn't respond warmly and it doesn't go well? Have you done that? I'll tell you the stupidest thing I've ever said to my wife, Grace. There are many candidates, but this is probably the worst, okay? I looked at her one day and I said, you know, if you were an employee, I would have fired you a long time ago. (laughs) Yeah, okay, her name is Grace and she still almost killed me. That's how it went down. In that moment, what I was saying was, I'm used to having a lot of professional relationships where I give someone a job description and then they execute it and I do a performance review and they ask me what else they can do for me. And then I come home and it's not exactly like that, okay? And what I realized in that moment uh, was number one, that I'm an idiot. And that number two, that I am not to have a professional relationship with my wife, I'm to have a personal relationship. So my wife looked at me and uh, she said a few things. And uh, one of them was, uh, that's the problem. I don't work for you, I'm not an employee. She was right. And so in this, what I wanna talk about are these two kinds of relationships. Is a professional relationship okay? Do you need to know how to do those? You do, right? If you're gonna be in sports, you're gonna be in the military, you're gonna be in business, you're gonna have lots of professional relationships. And most men are good either at the personal or the professional. But as I say, most men who succeed at the professional, they struggle at the personal, they struggle at the personal. And the result can be, if we are more comfortable and familiar with professional relationships, what does our relationship with God become? Professional. You look at God as a boss, you look at the Bible as a job description, and then you just go to work doing what God told you to do. If you have that kind of relationship with God where it is professional, but it's not personal, then you think that the way that the Father relates to you is professionally, like an employee. How then do you respond to your wife, your kids, your grandkids, and your friends? What kind of relationship do you have with them? Professional. This is where we get religion. It's non-relational, but it's highly rule-based. This is exactly what the Apostle Paul is arguing against in Romans chapter two. He's saying this doesn't work for personal relationships. So let me start by this. God is a father. Is that a professional or a personal relationship with you? It's very personal, it's very personal. And he wants to have a personal relationship with you so that you learn how to have personal relationships with others, starting with your wife and starting with your kids. And if you don't learn that, the default of men is not relationship, it's rules. It's professional. Okay, so here's the one scripture we're gonna spend most of our time on. It's understanding the heart and the ministry of the Holy Spirit, okay? And it's in uh, Romans chapter two, verse 29. He summarizes Romans two, that Christianity is quote, a matter of the heart by the spirit. A matter of the heart by the spirit. So let me talk to you about the Holy Spirit. First of all, you need the Holy Spirit to have a warm personal relationship with God as father. He's a father, you're his kid. The way he parents you is the way he wants you to parent your kids. The way he leads you is the way he wants you to lead your family. So this is really a very practical leadership talk because if you have an erroneous view of your relationship with God, you will have 
painful relationships with others. Okay, so let me talk a little bit about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. First of all, he's God and he's in relationship. The Holy Spirit is in relationship with God the Father, God the Son for all eternity. So we're looking at a personal relationship. The Holy Spirit has a personal relationship with God the Father and God the Son. And while Jesus was walking on the earth, he was constantly in a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says he was filled with the Spirit, led by the Spirit, rejoiced in the Spirit. I wrote a whole book called Spirit-Filled Jesus, just talking about how Jesus had this constant personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus says, when he leaves, he says, I'm not gonna leave you as orphans. So he dies for our sin. He rises, he returns to heaven. And then what he does, he sends us the Holy Spirit as our helper. So the Holy Spirit is there to help us build this relationship with God and help us build these relationships with others so that we can have a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ and we can have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So all of this is highly, highly relational. And then what happens is part of the ministry of the Holy Spirit, he not only writes the scriptures, he teaches us the scriptures so we can hear God, we speak to God in prayer, we listen to God through scripture. This is how we communicate in our relationship with the heavenly father. And one of the things the Holy Spirit does then, he gives us a new heart, a brand new heart. I'll read this to you in Ezekiel 36, 26 through 28. Uh, he says, I will give you a new heart. Okay. How many of you, God gave you a new heart? Like you just changed from the inside out. Okay, that you're and you know that you've got a new heart when your desires change. All of a sudden you're like, I like alcohol. And you're like, I like Jesus more than alcohol. That's a new heart. You're like, I like women. I'm, I'm just gonna like one woman. That's a new heart, right? I like casinos. I like Bible studies. You know, you got a new heart when you used to go across the street. Now you're here, amen? <laughs> you're like, casino, Bible study, Bible study. Welcome to the new heart, okay? Welcome to the new heart. And so what God does, because in a professional relationship, they tell you what to do, but they don't help you do it. They impose rules on you, but there's not a relationship to help you. The Holy Spirit doesn't just tell you what to do in the Bible. He gives you a new heart that wants to do it. And then he gives you power to do it. So I always like to say that when God gives you the new heart, Christianity is not a list of things that you have to do. It's just a list of things that you want you get to do, you get to pray. You know what that is? That's, that's awesome. What that means is you have a dad who loves you and would like to build a relationship with you. That's not something you have to do. That's something you get to do. You get to be forgiven. You don't have to be forgiven. You get to be forgiven. You don't have to read the Bible. You get to read the Bible, right? All of this becomes what the new heart wants. How many of you, when you became a Christian, you're kind of shocked at who you are now. You're like, what happened to that guy? You, you love things that you now hate and you hated things that you now love. That's the new heart. And I, I had a guy come up to me recently. He's like, I don't know what happened to me. You literally, he was one of these guys on Wednesday night. I said, what do you mean? He's like, I don't know. Like, I wanna read the Bible. I'm talking to Jesus. My wife says I'm nice. Like, I don't know what is happening. <laughs> Brother, you got a new heart. You're changed in here. So things are starting to change out here. So he says in Ezekiel, I'll give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. What spirit is that? The Holy Spirit. How many of you didn't have the Holy Spirit and then at some point in your life, I got a new heart and now I have the Holy Spirit. Now my desires have changed and I have new power and my life is changing and I want this relationship. Things are different from the inside out. And I will remove the heart of stone, right? You don't have the old and the new, you have the new heart. 
uh, from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh and I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. Be careful to obey my rules. You shall be my people and I will be your God. What he says is this, I have a bunch of rules in the scriptures. He calls them commands. So God has some rules in here, but the main thing is not to focus on the rules, focus on the relationship. Because if you have a relationship with God and the Holy Spirit is in you and the new heart is in you, guess what you're gonna wanna do? What your dad wants you to do. See what God does, he gets your heart first and then your life changes. He builds the relationship so that you will walk with him to obey the rules. Many of you, the problem that you have with God is that the dad that you had, he was all about the rules, but he was not about the relationship. So he would just sort of stand back at a distance and drop demands and commands on you, but he didn't really help you or encourage you or bless you or walk with you. He just sort of barked at you and commanded and demanded. And what happens with men who tend to be non-relational, but highly rule-based. I was talking to my daughter, Alexi, last night. Um, she's my uh, youngest daughter, our uh, fourth of five kids. And she was talking to me and it was really interesting. Um, she's one of the junior interns here at the church and she started talking, you know, she's friends with a lot of the teenage girls in the church. And she said, it's really interesting because the girls in the church have started talking about how the men at the church are different kinds of fathers than they're used to. I said, what does that mean, honey? She said, the girls were talking about it, that most of the girls that they know in school that don't have a Christian dad who's active and involved, he doesn't really have a relationship with them. And he doesn't really have their heart. Instead, he just sort of gives them rules, commands and demands and instructions. And he doesn't really love his daughter and he doesn't really know his daughter and he doesn't really have her heart. And she said, we were talking about it. And then what happens with those kinds of men, my daughter said, she's perceptive. She said, when someone doesn't listen, they just get louder. Is that true? This was an observation for my teenage daughter. She said, there's two kinds of dads. There's dads who build a relationship with you, love you, get your heart. And so you're gonna listen to them and you're gonna follow them because you know that they love you and there's a relationship and they're walking with you. And then there's non-relational dads who just drop lots of rules, don't build any relationship, don't ever really get through your heart. And then when you don't obey them, they just turn up the volume and become a bully. Let me tell you, your relationship with God will determine all your other relationships. If you think that God is a boss and not a father, if you think he's about the rules and not about the relationship, if you think he just stands back and doesn't change your heart or give you the spirit and then just yells at you and turns up the volume when you fail, you're gonna have a very contorted view of God. And as a result, the way you treat others is going to be very unhealthy, starting with your wife and kids. Okay. This is the spirit of what Paul is arguing against with a sort of religious, rule-based, non-relational kind of man in Romans chapter two. So that's the spirit. And what the spirit does then, he gives us a new heart. So what we're gonna talk about is the Holy Spirit. And what that means is God is always in relationship with you. God is always with you. God is always working on you. God is always for you. God is always there present. It's where Jesus says, never will I leave you, nor will I forsake you. I'll be with you always. And then he sends the Holy Spirit to fulfill that promise of God's presence. And what the Holy Spirit does then, uh, he gives us a new heart. And so this concept of the heart, it is the seat, sum and center of who you are. Uh, the heart appears about 900 times in the Bible. 
And let me say this, what's true for you is true for those that you're leading, wife, kids, grandkids, men in ministry, that the heart is really the center. And the heart is the want to before the how to. And the heart is where you make your decisions and the heart is where you feel your emotions. And it says this in uh, Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart. It's like military, right? We only put a guard on duty when there's someone or something very precious, okay? Your heart is very precious and you are the soldier on duty. You gotta guard your heart. And it says to guard your heart um, for this reason, for everything you do flows from it. What this means is things change in here before things change out here. And what we don't believe is that the most important thing is behavior. We believe that the most important thing is nature. Once the nature changes, the behavior changes. That's why Jesus says a good tree bears good fruit, right? When God changes things in here, things change out there, okay? So let me give you some practical. Number one, the cause is the heart, the behavior is the effect. How many of you are dads? Okay, where do you start? Behavior or heart? Where should you start? The heart. Now as dads, we can get frustrated because kids drive us crazy. That's their first spiritual gift, driving dad crazy. That's their thing. They're do- you're like, knock it off, stop it, please. Behavior, 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 behavior. You're chasing effects, get to the heart. It's getting to the heart. What's going on in your heart? Does God have your heart? Do I have your heart? If God has your heart and I've got your heart, the behavior will change, amen? How many of you, the more rules your dad made, the more rebellion you caused, right? See, if you don't have a relationship with the rule giver, all you do is rebel against the rule giver. This is where religious dads think, well, they're acting horrible, I gotta make more rules. Then they break the rules. What have we just done? Multiply the rebellion, get the heart, change the heart, now the behavior begins to change, okay? I'll give you another way to look at this. The heart is upstream, the behavior is downstream. I was in uh, Vishakapatnam, East India, many, many years ago. You land, you take a rickshaw, crazy cab, it's a Kevorkian cab, they, you know, it's a motorcycle that they put you on the back of. And I mean, if you don't know how to pray, you'll figure it out as quickly as you possibly can being on the back of the cab. And they drive us out into the middle of the woods where I'm supposed to preach under a, a, a roof, a thatch roof. And along the way, there is this river and we start, um, we start down river and it is disgusting. All of the toilets flush into the river, all of the crops flow into the river. Everyone and everything flows into the river. It's, it's not sanitary in any way. You drive by and you can just literally, it smells like a honey bucket at a county fair in the river. It's disgusting. And then you see kids swimming in it and people bathing in it and women cleaning their clothes in it. And you're just like, everybody here is gonna die. I mean, this is unbelievable. And uh, as a white guy, I'm thinking, I'm not drinking any water. I mean, I don't, I don't trust any water. Well, the thing of it is, you start to see that the problem downstream really starts where? Starts upstream. Because you can be down at the end of the river and say, okay, we gotta clean all this water. Or you can go upstream and say, okay, what up here is causing the problem? We go upstream and up in the mountains, there's a major city and all of the streets drain into the river and all of the toilets flush into the river. 
And literally what happens with dead bodies and garbage, they throw it in the river. Because for them, they're thinking, well, it'll float away from us, but it floats down to these people. What Proverbs is saying is guard your heart, it's the wellspring of your life. What it's saying is your behavior is downstream, where's your heart? It's upstream. What oftentimes we're trying to do is stop being angry, stop drinking too much, stop yelling at our wife and stop looking at porn. You gotta get upstream. You gotta get upstream and ask, okay, what's going on in the heart? Because if that's what's flowing downstream, if you don't cure the problem upstream, you will never clean the water downstream. Does this make sense? So in here, there's a great leadership parenting principle with your kids. You can be downstream trying to fish all the junk out of the river, or you can find a way with the Holy Spirit to get upstream and to figure out the heart. And the same is true for you. So if you're here and you're a man, and we've all got struggles, we all do. Uh, there's, there's only two kinds of men, men who struggle and men who lie about their struggles. That's it, those are the only two kinds of men. So if you're here and you're like alcohol or food or anger or pride or having to always be respected or always needing to be liked or whatever my thing is, gotta get to the heart. What is causing that, right? What is causing that? Because it's the heart that clicks on the website. It's the heart that pours the drink. It's the heart that speaks the harsh word because Jesus says out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so everything that comes out is an indication of what's in, okay? Give you another way to look at it. Um, behavior starts not out there, but in here. It's inviting God in here to heal whatever is broken. And sometimes it's a brokenness. To lift whatever burden there is or to, to change whatever habit we've formed. That as men, we tend to judge that which we see and we need to start with that which only God sees. This is the whole point in Romans two. He's arguing that too many people are focused on the outward, which is the effect, not the cause, which is the heart. So for your own life, change starts in here. For your parenting, change starts in here. Um, I asked this of my uh, oldest daughter uh, before she got married. Uh, She's on staff uh, here at the church and and she's the director of Real Faith Ministries. And I'm super proud of her. She's an incredibly godly young woman, brilliant and strong and awesome. And uh, she never rebelled against God or me, never rebelled. And, um, And she was pure until her wedding. The first time that she kissed a boy was when her fiance proposed and she said, yes, that was her first kiss. And, um, and some people have asked, how do you raise a daughter like that? And my answer is, I don't, I don't think I raised her. I think I watched the Holy Spirit raise her, okay? Um, and, and without the Holy Spirit, it doesn't matter how good of a dad I am, there's gonna be some problems. If the Holy Spirit is involved, well, now there's gonna be a lot of improvements. But I asked my daughter before she got married, I said, honey, I'm so proud of you. Life has gone so well. And uh, she said basically something to this effect. She said, yeah, but she said, God the Father and my Father have both always had my heart. Okay. And what I hear dad say is things like, well, if my daughter starts dating, I'm gonna get a gun. I don't need a gun, I need her heart. Okay. Because even the wrong boy, he'll find a way around your gun. Some of you were that guy. <laughs> You're like, he, he had a gun and I got his daughter. Well, you know what? her heart. 
If I have her heart, I don't need my gun, right? Because her and I will be aligned and her loyalty will be to her dad and to the Lord and a boy won't come along and hijack her loyalty, okay? So oftentimes as men, we're so worried about out here and I'm not saying that's not important. Out here is an indication of what's in here. And so out here, there is a problem in here. God needs to start with a new solution. And so um, let me just ask you this. When you think of God, do you think of rules or relationship? When you think of God, do you think of professional or personal? When you think of God, do you think of boss or father? Okay. And if you're thinking more rules, more professional, more boss, then there is a problem with your heart toward God. And if there's a problem toward your heart with God, there's gonna be some things in your life that are a problem. And many of the most painful things in your life are gonna be your personal relationships. You're gonna totally flourish at your professional relationships, but you're gonna struggle at your personal relationships. There was a guy walked in here a couple of years ago. He's not with us. It was just a one night visitor. You don't know him. I was talking a little bit about this and he walked in and he, uh, he was a very highly decorated, high ranking military officer. Actually, if I said his name, you might even know him. You've seen him on TV. And he said, uh, he said I command you know, troops. And he said, my wife filed for divorce. He said, men will do exactly what I say, but I never got my wife's heart. Again, you can be very successful at the professional, but those skills don't necessarily translate to the personal, okay? But you can be really good with your rules, but bad with your relationships. You can be really good as a boss, but not really good as a husband, a father, or a friend. And what many men do, because they start to see success at work or business, where do they put their time and energy? The place where they're winning. I go to work, I win. I come home, I lose. So guess what? I'm gonna stay at work. May need a new heart and come home. And so the good news is that God searches and changes hearts. Uh, here's the last scripture. Psalm 139, 23 through 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Okay? And this is, a man, this is literally a man praying. And what is he asking? God, tell me what's going on in here. If you guys have anxiety, there's something going on here. If you have anger, there's something going on here. If you have temptation, there's something going on in here, right? If you have fear, there's something going on in here. There's something going on. It's like, what's going on? Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. So for a man, the key is to invite the father, you're his son, to investigate your heart. The Holy Spirit knows your heart and he could change your heart. And the reason that this is important, and in Romans 2, he's talking about rule-based versus relationship-based leadership. Rule-based rule -based leadership just looks at the outward. Uh, relationship-based looks at the inward, okay? And the problem is if you're one of these rule-based, more professional type men, all you're gonna look at is the outward. And if you see good behavior, you think they're a good person. If you see bad behavior, you think they're a bad person. This can be even your wife or your kids. The truth is there are four different categories, not two, bad heart, bad behavior, okay? So just give me an example. How many of you could think of a buddy, if he's here, don't say his name, but feel free to share his testimony. Um, bad heart, bad behavior. What's that look like in a man's life? Bad heart, bad behavior. What does that look like? 
Guy's in jail. Yeah, that's usually a pretty good sign. Um, this is the guy, you know what? He's angry, so he's always fighting. He's self-righteous, so he never says he's sorry, right? He's selfish, so he's always taking, never giving, right? He's a bully, so he tells everybody what to do, but you can't tell him anything what to do, okay? Bad heart, bad behavior, okay? How about this one? Have you ever had a bad heart, but good behavior? What does this look like? Let's be honest. This, is, this can be a hypocritical guy, bad heart, good behavior. This is the guy who all his stuff is secret. So, you know, bad heart, good behavior. He's gonna pretend like he's doing great, but he's got all kinds. This is the business partner that's ripping you off, right? This is the spouse who's running around on you. And then they show up to church and they're like, praise the Lord, honey. And you're like, what? The? I didn't know you had a boyfriend. This is where, this is the hypocrisy that he's talking about in Romans chapter two. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm not gonna repeat that. Um, that might've been a bad heart. Um, just throwing it out there. <laughs> but how many times even as men, we're, we're, we're trying to behave good so that we can manipulate people to get the outcome that we want. This is called sales in business, okay? <laughs> you love me. No, I don't. I just want your credit card. Yeah, that's what I'm working on. How about, have you ever had good heart, bad behavior? You meant well, but you messed it up. And have you ever done that? Okay, we all get this, right? How many of you, when you were a kid, you were trying to do something, your intentions were good, you messed it up, and your dad disciplined you and he punished you? because what you did was wrong, but if he would have checked your heart, you were trying and you just messed it up, okay? This becomes very discouraging for kids, very discouraging. Uh, give you an example, some years ago, um, I came home late from work, Grace was really sick. I might've been like pregnant sick, you know, because we've had five kids, so it happens. And uh, so she was like throwing up or something. And so one of my daughters was in the kitchen and there was, they were really little. It was a, like there's stuff everywhere. There's like eggs on the floor and flour. I mean, it's just a disaster. It looks terrible, okay? Does it look like bad behavior? It's a total mess. I said, honey, what are you doing? She said, mommy's really sick and I knew you were coming home and I was trying to help and I was trying to make dinner, but I really made a mess. Is that a sin? Now, what if I'm a rule-based dad who says, if you mess up the kitchen, I punish you. Now I need to be a relational dad that asks, what was your heart trying to do? I was trying to love and serve the family, but I'm too little to make dinner and I made a mess, but I was trying to make dinner. Should I discipline the daughter for that? No, I should give her a kiss and a hug and say, thank you, honey, for trying to love and help. Now, as a relational father, I can help her learn how to cook. And since I can't, I find one of those television shows and watch it with her. <laughs> See, when something happens, you can either drop a rule or you can examine the heart and then build a relationship to help them accomplish what the heart was trying to do, okay? Now, let me ask you this. When, you're, when, you have a, when your intentions are good, but you mess it up, do you think that God is there to bust you or to bless you? He's there to bless you. You need to see that this is how the father parents you so that as you're a father, a husband, a business leader, you, you lead others. If you're like, I was trying to do it right and I messed it up. Like 
couple weeks ago, a guy meant well. He left this group and he goes home to his wife. He was really excited. He wanted to pray with her, but he didn't tell her, okay? He didn't tell her what he was gonna do. He, he just sprung it on her. They've never prayed together. So he put his hands on her and she's like, ah! He's like, no, we're gonna pray. She's like, what, what, what? He messed it up, okay? He messed it up. She's like, why are you laying hands on me? He's like, oh, because the Bible's, oh yeah, I probably should have explained this. Because right? he was a guy who early in their relationship, he was angry with her. Now he knows Jesus, he's got a new heart, he's not angry. But when he goes to lay his hands on her, what is she triggered with? Are we doing that again? No, 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 honey, we're not, I'm so sorry. So what he, his heart was, I wanna pray for my wife, but he messed it up, okay? He messed it up. But it, what was his heart? I wanna pray for my wife. He triggered a pain from the past that her heart needs to what? Her heart needs to heal. What's his heart need to do? Make sure it's changed so that when he comes to her, she is seeing it as a blessing and, and not, a, not a burden, okay? And then the last one is good heart, good behavior. Sometimes with us as God's kids or with our own kids, like I was trying to do the right thing by God's grace out of the new heart and the power of the Holy Spirit. And I did it, right? So one of you guys told me uh, conversely, um, a few weeks ago, you went home and your heart was, I wanna start praying with my wife. And so you did. And the guy told his wife, he's like, uh, tonight I prayed with men. So I can do this. His wife is like, do what? He's like, I could pray with people. I did it tonight. I, I did it in public, in front of men. I'm like, you know, um, she's like, okay, so what do you wanna do? He's like, I wanna pray for you. What can I pray for you about? And she told him, and he laid hands and he prayed over her. What do you think the wife did? She wept, okay? She has been praying for 10 years that her husband would pray with her, okay? When he prayed with her, what did that do to her heart? Strengthened, open, melted. What does that show about his heart? He got a new heart, okay? Now the Holy Spirit's in his heart, the Holy Spirit's in her heart. They both have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. They have a relationship with the Father through Jesus Christ. And now their new hearts in the Spirit are gonna cement their hearts together in a relationship. And I'll tell you this, in, when you're leading, there is a continuum. In your, I'm not talking about your professional relationships, I'm talking about your personal relationships. There is a continuum between rules and relationship. The less relationship you have, the more rules like you feel you need. The more relationship you have, the less rules you're going to need. I got five kids, I love them with all my heart. I'm not saying I'm the world's greatest dad, but I will say this. I have doubled down on relationship and tried to be really light on the rules. Because rules are usually then telling the kids what to do rather than asking them what the Holy Spirit has put in their heart. What's in your heart? I wanna play baseball, I wanna play basketball. I wanna, you know, I wanna go on a mission trip. I wanna lead a Bible study. What's in your heart? And I want them to pay attention to their heart. And I want the Holy Spirit to give them desires in their heart. And then I want them to trust the relationship with me so that then they can articulate their heartfelt desires to me. And then I can come along in a relationship back to last week's talk and help coach them to walk in God's will for them. 
as opposed to high rules where I don't really know them and I don't really have a relationship with them and I'm not sure what God is doing in them. And they're not sure that I have their best interest at heart. And then I just start making commands and demands. And if they don't obey, then I just ratchet up the punishment and I increase the volume. So let me ask you a couple questions. Your heart right now, if you had to pick one word to describe it, what would that be? Okay. Just anybody feel free to share. It's real quiet. I guess we're getting to the heart. If you had to pick one word for your heart right now. Open. Open. So your heart is, your intentions are good at trying to figure out God's will. Sometimes it could be a hard heart. You're like, I'm just stubborn. Sometimes it could be a broken heart. I'm devastated. Sometimes it could be an anxious heart. I'm scared. Sometimes it could be a confused heart. I don't know what the heck is happening. Sometimes it could be a lonely heart. I, I just, I feel like... I feel like everybody walked away. Well, God didn't. A grateful heart. A humble heart. What's that? A loving heart. This is one of the most important questions a man can ask himself every day. Father, search my heart. And then where is my heart today? And if your heart's not in the right place, guess what you gotta do? You gotta invite the Holy Spirit to heal, to mend, to fix, to change your heart. And once he changes your heart, your decisions, your actions, your emotional life, your relationships, guess what? They're gonna be better. They're gonna be better. And honestly, life flows a lot easier when it's flowing in the spirit. Um, this is a dangerous question to ask your wife. If you had to pick a word to describe your heart, what is it? Oftentimes we don't ask that question, why? We don't wanna deal with the consequences. I ask this question of my kids growing up all the time. So if you had to pick one word today to describe your heart, what would it be? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it is, the reason that sometimes we don't ask this question of ourselves is we don't want God to do some work in here. And the reason we don't want to ask anyone else is we don't wanna do the work of building the relationship with them. But I'm telling you that this is the key to your personal relationships. This is the key to your marriage. This is the key to your parenting. This is the key to your grandparenting. This is the key to your friendships. And I'll just close with this. And then I got a couple questions for you. There's an old missionary, her name is Amy Carmichael. She wrote a little book called If, it's a, it's a great little book. And what she basically says is that your heart is like a cup of water and that circumstances in life, what they're gonna do, they're gonna expose what's in the cup, okay? And what oftentimes happens is out of a man's heart comes anger. Well, you shouldn't have said that. Out of a man's heart um, comes high control. Well, if I could just trust you, okay? Out of a man's heart comes, um, maybe real selfishness, you know? Well, if you just took better care of me, okay? And what the man is saying every time is, when you bump me, you are the problem. Now, the truth is the heart is the problem. And all the bump does, it's, it's exposing what's already in the heart. And a lot of men are like, well, if my boss would just leave me alone, my wife would stop yelling at me, if my kids would just do what I say, if they would just vote for my president, if they lower my taxes, if, I, if it's like, you know what, gentlemen, you're gonna get bumped every day. And what comes out is what's in. 
And so you can spend your whole life trying not to be bumped, okay? And this is where some guys get isolated, they get alone, all of a sudden they don't have any real personal relationships. They're like, well, every time I'm around somebody, they bump me, so I'm not gonna be around anybody. It wouldn't matter if they bumped you, if what was in your heart was better. Because you know what, when they bumped Jesus, out came love, grace, mercy, kindness, blessing, forgiveness, because the Holy Spirit kept filling up the container of his heart, okay? So if you're seeing stuff come out of you, invite the Holy Spirit to deal with what's in you. If you're seeing what's coming out of your wife, your kids, the people you know and love, don't just sit there and make rules and turn up the volume. Make a relationship and invite the Holy Spirit to change the heart, okay? To change the heart. And so here's a couple questions for your discussion time. Has your faith been more about rules from God as boss or relationship with God as father? Okay, be honest. Have, has, have your personal relationships been more about the rules or the relationship? Okay. If you had to pick one word to explain your heart today, what would that be? Um, and who do you need to focus more on the relationship with when, than the rules? Some of you, you've tried rules, 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 and it ain't working. Try relationship, okay? And then lastly, how can we pray for you? Because we wanna build a relationship with you and we wanna invite the Holy Spirit into change men at the level of the heart, okay? Father God, thank you for our time together. And God, I got a little somber, a little sober in the room, but maybe it's because we've really gotten to the matters of the heart. And Father, I thank you that you take out our heart and you put in a new heart and that you fill that heart with the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit, you come to bring us the character of Christ, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And Holy Spirit, if we have new hearts that are filled with the Spirit, when we get bumped by people and circumstances, what will come out is what's already in. And so God, I pray for the hearts of these men that they would bring their hearts to you and get new hearts, healed hearts, encouraged hearts, healthy hearts, and that God, they would then turn around and then get the heart of their wife, get the heart of their daughters, get the hearts of their sons, get the hearts of their grandsons, get the hearts of their friends, and to turn them toward Jesus in whose name we pray, amen.